Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to another special episode of Boom Lawyered, a rewired.news podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that really is just like, what the fuck, y'all? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm Imani Gandhi. And I'm Jess Piclo. Rewired.news is dedicated to bringing you the best reproductive rights and social justice news, commentary, and analysis on the web. And the Team Legal Podcast is part of that mission. So a big thanks to our subscribers. A welcome to our new <laughs> listeners and an oh my God, Justice Kennedy retired. First of all, if this is the first time you've listened to this episode, I will encourage you to go and listen to other episodes because this episode is going to be mostly me and Jessica going, Wah! because <laughs> like as if yesterday wasn't bad enough with us, the horrible rulings that we got. And then this morning we get a terrible ruling in Janice, which essentially decimated public unions. And then, oh, Justice Kennedy just up and decided to retire. Jess, mm-hmm. what happened? Now, yeah, what happened is I think Justice Kennedy was done. I've talked about a, a little bit about this from the arguments that we've seen. You know, I've covered the court for a couple of years, and I've been lucky enough to be in arguments. And this year, especially, his body language, everything about it was mostly just mm-hmm. done. Um, you know, and what does it mean? It's it's going to be a mixed bag. Um, you know, we'll get into that. But in terms of what was he thinking, I mean, I don't know. I guess I was hoping that he would at least write it out through midterms so we could see what you know the what was but i think the reality is he waited knowing the political climate that we have knowing that we're in an election cycle and he went for it anyway so it kind of is the final nail in the coffin that kennedy was a moderate nonpartisan. yeah and also ultimately what was the point of him you know what i mean i mean he got we got good (laughs) he signed on what is a Kennedy what, what, anyway? What, why is why is Kennedy? Why is a Kennedy? But it's we got good, you know, uh, opinions from him mm-hmm. on in, on key important cases, and I don't want to detract from that. I mean, we got Whole Woman's Health clutch, you know, Lawrence v. Texas clutch, Obergefell mm-hmm. v. Hodges clutch. But in terms of his legacy, he has always been about the dignity of LGBTQ people, right? He's talked about, he's got this dignity jurisprudence where he has really been concerned about the well-being and dignity of LGBTQ people up to a point, not far enough Mm -hmm. to where he's willing to deem them a suspect class or a protected class under the Equal Protection Clause, but he's always concerned himself with LGBTQ people. And it seems to me, given the climate that we're in, given the vice president that we have, Mike Pence, who is waging war against LGBTQ people, it seems very odd to me that he would pick this moment to step down when essentially he essentially he can almost be guaranteed that his LGBTQ legacy has just gone down the toilet. I mean, are we going to go back to criminalizing sodomy? Doubtful. But are we going to revert? I think we might. Like, I I, think we might. I I think Bauer or Romer v. Evans and going is one of the cases. That's the one that um, undid the criminal bans on sodomy. I think that's one that's there. But, you know, McConnell today, um, right after the announcement, said that he is looking forward to um, uh, to voting to uh, confirm Kennedy's replacement this fall. So we know they're moving full steam ahead. And what, if any chance, do the Democrats have of stopping a nomination, Imani? I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. 
Do you know? <laughs> I mean, because look, I- the, the magic formula would be this, and it is all of the stars really have to align. Okay, first of all, we have to keep all of our Democrats together. So Which I'm looking is, at you, uh, Mansion. Right, exactly. I was about to say. So all of the Democrats have to have to stay together, all of them, and we have to peel off to Republicans. So, so who are we looking at? Theory, like Collins. In theory, we've got Collins and Murkowski. Right, those are two women who are supposed to be pro-choice. But, but Collins was for him. They voted for Trump's nominees that are anti-choice and anti-LGBT. So I was I don't just know. about to say, like Collins and Murkowski. I mean, they. They showed up when it came to the ACA vote, but they pretty much backed Trump all the way. And so I don't know. I mean, it might be a matter of grassroots people really going Uh full steam ahead to target. And I don't mean target in a violent way, but I mean, you know, focus on Uh Murkowski and Collins and really make it clear to them that they may be standing between whatever this struggling democracy we're trying to keep cobbled together now and outright Christian theocracy, which I know is mm-hmm. something that you got in trouble on Twitter this morning <laughs> for talking about. But it's like, R.I.P. hey, my man, <laughs> you know, hit dogs will holler. You know what I mean? Like, if you are really that up in arms when Jessica tweets that we're on our way to a Christian autocracy, it's because it's you know it's true. Right. So so that's the scenario as it stands right now, you know, literally hours after Kennedy's announcement in terms of how um, or if there is a way to block it. So, yes, there would be a way to block a potential nominee. But wow, are do we really have our, our work cut out ahead of us um, in order to do that? Doesn't mean it's not impossible, but let's just take a real clear good look at the situation. So right. we're going to assume that a nominee gets confirmed. One of the cases that everybody's already been talking about is obviously Roe v. Wade. I mean, conservatives have been coming for abortion rights, uh, thinking that Kennedy was was pretty soft on them, which he was to begin with. So, Amani, how many ways are we screwed when it comes to abortion rights, do you think? Oh, so many ways, because there's so many cases in the pipeline right now Mm -hmm. that that attack exactly the restrictions that we wanted to undo. I mean, Mm -hmm. hell, Whole Woman's Health just filed this massive lawsuit that basically tries to that basically challenges all of the crappy abortion restrictions that Texas has on the books. There Mm -hmm. are 20 week ban cases that are coming up through the through the federal courts. Mm -hmm. There are cases about forced ultrasounds that are coming up Mm -hmm. through the courts. So it's like, it's, it's like, I know for like a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I know I used to vent to you about why it was there weren't more advocacy groups filing lawsuits about these statutes. And I don't want to throw any shade whatsoever on the fine lawyers who are litigating these cases. They are doing a marvelous job. But it does seem to me that some of these cases were filed about three years too late. Because now we're in a situation where a lot of these cases that are coming up are going to are going to land at the Supreme Court right when we have a solid 5-4 conservative majority. So no mm-hmm. more no more reading the tea leaves and hoping Kennedy might have a decent whole wholesome breakfast and might decide that, you know, the rights of pregnant people are worth protecting in this country. We are literally going to get another Scalia, another Gorsuch who's going to be right down the road conservative. So now it's just Kagan, Breyer, Ginsburg and Sotomayor just right in dissents, just dissenting. Yeah. And it just that that is very frightening to me. 
Yeah. So you mentioned a couple cases that were in the pipelines. We've got, you know, some of those that are um, challenges to abortion access and rights, the 20 week bans, the trap laws that are still being litigated. We've got D&E bans. Um, and so that's one pathway, right? Like they can just ram up a whole bunch of really terrible laws and decisions that effectively keep abortion legal in name only. Right. So that's the way you overturn Roe without overturning it. But then we've also got cases coming out of the eight circuit where those judges have specifically said we want to uphold abortion restrictions like North Dakota's six-week ban but we can't because the stupid Supreme Court hasn't overturned Roe yet so will you guys just get on with it and do that yeah, yeah. and so we already have federal courts of appeals that are that are packed with conservative men mostly a few women yeah. but mostly men who have said hey SCOTUS we want you to overturn um, Roe v. Wade we're giving you every opportunity to do so so I think we're going to see a lot of activity in the federal courts over the next 18 months on this. Yeah. And, and also, you know, the only, the really, the only real thing that is stopping the Supreme Court from just wholesale reversing Roe versus Wade is that usually the court values precedent. It values mm-hmm. stare decisis, which is this rule that you fucking follow precedent, essentially. That's the actual <laughs> Latin translation. It is. <laughs> you fucking follow precedent. But just today in Janus, the court overruled a 40-year precedent. Mm-hmm. So um, in the Abood case, right? And so it's yes. like, the, clearly the court does not have as much respect for precedent as it has had in the past. And that mm-hmm. is because we have a court that is more ideologically split than I think ever before. And just I'd agree with that. And justices that are willing to actually contort the law to fit prefab agendas. I mean, Thomas's mm-hmm. opinion in NIFLA yesterday made no goddamn sense, except for the fact that he doesn't like abortion. He's very, very quote-unquote pro-life, and he wanted to make sure that the outcome was the way he wanted it, the way anti-choices wanted it. And I think we can expect a lot more of that. Absolutely. And so we talked a little bit just now about what Kennedy's retirement likely means for abortion rights and the legacy of Roe v. Wade. Um, It's going to be pretty bad in a couple other areas, too. What are some cases or areas that you see really coming under uh, threat now that um, Kennedy, as waffly as he was, is gone? Um, Well, certainly, I mean, there's a case right now coming up through the Second Circuit about whether or not uh, LGBTQ people are a protected class, whether or not mm-hmm. sexual orientation is a category that you, um, a category under Title Seven that you cannot discriminate against. I think that we had a pretty decent chance of finally telling LGBTQ people, yes, being gay or trans is an immutable characteristic, just like being black or being a woman, and you deserve some sort of heightened scrutiny when there are laws passed that strip you of your civil rights. Well, mm-hmm. that's out the window. There's certainly, yeah. I mean, there's certainly no way a conservative court, a Trump, uh, a Trump court is going to care about the rights of LGBTQ people. So that yeah. means we're going to see these laws about keeping trans people out of the bathroom are going to be passed and upheld with mm-hmm. reckless abandon. Um, there's going to be no protection in the workplace for gay and trans people. Um, the voting, I mean, we can kiss voting rights goodbye. The vo- I mean, the court has been waiting to decide whether or not racial gerrymandering is a problem. They've said it's a problem. They've said it's not against our democratic principles, but they haven't quite figured out what to do about it yet. So they just keep kicking these cases back down to the court, to the lower courts. Mm-hmm. By the time they make it back up to the Supreme Court, 
Forget it. Gorsuch and Katana's yeah. already said that they don't think racial gerrymandering is a violation of the Constitution, yeah. of the Voting Rights Act. So it's like, no, of the 15th Amendment, pardon me. So it's like, yeah, pretty much every social justice area, every area that we care about, that any reproductive justice advocate, racial justice, immigration justice, any kind of justice advocate cares about, all of those issues are on the line. And that is a depressing thing to have to tell you, listeners. I wish mm-hmm. I could you know, rock you on my bosom and sing you a church song and perhaps feed you cookies, but I can't because we're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to tick three cases right now off the top of my head that social conservatives are going to really be gunning for in terms of undoing precedent now that Kennedy is retired, I would pick Griswold v. Connecticut, which... um, Oh, God! Oh, no! But they're coming for Griswold. They're coming for your birth control. I mean, they've already stacked HHS with these advocates who don't believe that you have a right to it and and think that it is demon science. So Um, um, I I absolutely thought about Believe. And, and conservatives have already called me bananas on Twitter for this, but whatever. I'm just making them mad because I'm telling them what I'm not supposed to say. So they're coming for Griswold, um, in my opinion. I've already mentioned Obergefell and, and marriage equality. I mean, they've been coming for that for yeah. since it happened. Um, you know, we knew that. But I think similar to the path of Roe and Griswold, that they are going to reach so far as to go back to try and criminalize sodomy. Um, or at least find a way to enforce um, sex laws in a way that we haven't seen since um, the late 70s and early 80s, unfortunately. So it's like the the worst of the Reagan administration is going to come and reanimate itself right now. Yeah, I mean, and... You know, there have been a couple of um, white dudes on Twitter who have been saying, you know, I think it's really hyperbolic to say that we're a few steps away from The Handmaid's Tale. But if you think about telling pe- telling, pre- telling people that they can't use contraception, telling women that they mm-hmm. can't use contraception, if you think about telling LGBTQ people that they don't have a right to exist, essentially, uh-huh. I, like what... If the government is swooping in and taking babies away from their parents and not accounting for it. And if the government is swooping into your bedroom and determining what kind of sexual relations you can or cannot have with your partner, Mm -hmm. how is that all that different from that horrible, you know, Handmaid's Tale type lifestyle? And I think type um, scenario, that's not a lifestyle. The Handmaid's Tale, it's a lifestyle. But um, I I really think that people aren't (laughs) alarmed enough about... What's going on? And I want to bring up one more thing before we wrap up. Constitutional convention. There are, we are a couple of states, a couple of Republican controlled states away from a constitutional convention. And Mm -hmm. Alec has been gunning for one. And if there's a constitutional convention and the constitution is amended to say that marriage is between a man and a woman and to say that life begins at conception, that life begins at conception and to, to somehow uh, incorporate some immigration rule into the Constitution so that we actually ban immigrants based on race, color, creed, whatever. We're in a world of hurt. And I just really hope that everyone who listens to this understands how that we're in a really serious moment right now. And to talk to the people in your family and your friends and your, your circles about how serious it is and how important it is to vote. Because actually voting might not make a difference anyway, because we might be too far gone. But we can try <laughs> to stop the bleeding by fucking voting. Yeah. 
Really, and you got to do something. All right, so it's been a heck of a week, huh? I mean, two emergency podcasts back-to-back, and the very end of the term, we haven't even done our wrap. We've still got that for you guys coming up. So as always, we appreciate the support and you guys listening, and we are here to help get you through the highlights and most definitely the lowlights of the Gorsuch Court. Thank you all. Stay sane. Boom Lawyered is created and hosted by Imani Gandhi and Jessica Mason-Piclo. The show is produced by Nora Hurley. Our executive producer is Mark Folletti, and Rewire's editor-in-chief is Jody Jacobson. 